This is the Retirement Detective Podcast, where we dive into cases with Philip Mock, chartered financial analyst and certified financial planner professional, to solve common retirement and financial planning questions. Get insight into how to solve quandaries that appear on the path to and through retirement, ideas on how to approach savings and investing for retirement, and how to plan for retirement in a tax-efficient manner. Now, here's your host and lead retirement detective, Philip Mock. Hi, everyone. It's Philip Mock with the Retirement Detective Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to walk through five planning ideas to tackle at year end. This is December, and it's a great time to take stock of where you are financially from an investment perspective, from a tax perspective, and make some moves before year end in order to get yourself back on track. And we'll talk about those in today's episode. All right, our first year in move is to do some tax planning. So when you're doing tax planning, you're really making a projection. You're saying, well, here's what my tax return looked like last year. And I know that these different things change. Maybe you got a raise and your income went up and you have some other deductions that have changed and you kind of project what you think your tax return will look like this year. And then you start making adjustments as needed. You start to answer questions like, can I or should I make a Roth contribution? Can I or should I make an IRA contribution? Can I or should I increase or decrease charitable contributions or or other deductions that may reduce the amount of tax that I have to pay? These are all important things to consider coming into the end of the year because the end of the year is a deadline for most, but not all, uh, year-end type moves like that that you can make. It is the deadline for charitable contributions, but there are some things like IRA contributions that you can actually do um, a little bit into the next tax year, uh, though not infinitely. There's a deadline on that too. But the year end of the year is really the optimal time to take stock of what happened during the year for you from a tax perspective, income and deductions, looking at what you expect your taxes to look like and saying, well, is there anything we can do before the end of the year to improve that picture? And of course, you want to make sure that you're all caught up on estimated tax payments if those apply to you because paying under payment penalties is no fun and not something that any of us should strive to do. So make sure you're fully paid in and look at different moves you could make before year end. So that's my first tax tip for year end. Number two, and this one is somewhat tax related, but you should rebalance perhaps and review tax loss harvesting opportunities in your taxable investment accounts. So this does not apply to IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, SEP IRAs, any any type of tax advantaged account. This would only be a individual account or a joint account or maybe a revocable trust account. Accounts where you own the assets yourself or with your spouse and you pay tax on that currently, and it doesn't have any 
um, deferred tax benefit like an IRA or a Roth IRA. So if you look at the registration of your account and it's just your name without IRA on it or without Roth IRA on it, and you pay taxes each year on the dividends and interest in that account, then that's a taxable brokerage account. And that's the type of account we're talking about for this move for year end. And what I'm talking about is tax loss harvesting. And what that means is looking at the investments in your portfolio and saying, are any of these at a loss? And if so, what you can do is sell it at a loss if you think that makes sense for you, buy something that is similar, but not the exact same. And then the benefit of that is that you get to bank that loss on your tax return. And you'll want to talk to your CPA before you assess whether or not this is an appropriate strategy for you. But in general, you can deduct up to $3,000 per year in capital losses against ordinary income. Now, if you have capital gains and capital losses, there is a netting process that your tax return will walk you through. Um, but if you have some capital gains and you have realized those already, and you see that you have some capital losses unrealized, meaning you haven't generated the loss yet by trading in your brokerage account, then you could take that loss to offset gain, and that would effectively result in you paying less tax. Now, it's important to buy something that is not the exact same as what you sold, because there's something called the wash sale rule. And there's a 30-day forward and backward review period from a trade that basically says, if you trade the same security or substantially the same security, 30 days prior or after a trade that you took a loss on, then they disallow the loss. So if you buy, you know, let's pretend we've got two airlines because you like airline exposure, you could sell airline A at a loss and buy airline B, and it's not the same airline, but it's a airline, so you still have exposure to the airline industry and you need to hold airline B for at least 30 days before you consider selling airline B to going back to airline A. Now, you cannot take a loss on airline A on Monday and then turn around and buy airline A again on Tuesday because you didn't wait long enough. And if you trade within 30 days forward or back of a trade with a loss, then the loss is disallowed. And that's a really painful uh, thing for your accountant to inform you, hey, you traded too soon, you took a really big loss on this, but unfortunately you won't be able to do, deduct any of it. Um, I don't want that to be you. So research this, talk to your accountant about it, and make sure that you know what you're doing before you try to do this, but if done correctly, you can take the loss on something early, maintain exposure to it by buying something that is similar but not exactly the same. Now, if you're asking yourself, well, I have mutual funds or ETFs, you can still do the same thing. You want to be careful to see what index the fund you're using tracks and what the fund does. Is it active? Is it passive? And you want to make sure that if you tax loss harvest a fund that 
and you want to stay in a similar fund, you make sure that there are some material differences between the two funds um, before you make that swap. So, for instance, if you had a fund that tracked index A and it was an active fund, not an index fund, so the managers are picking stocks that they think will beat the index, you could sell that at a loss and perhaps buy a different fund that tracks the same index, but it's an index fund. There is no active manager. So therefore the holdings within the fund should be pretty different. Or if you buy, if you have an index fund at a loss that tracks index A, you could buy an index fund that tracks a different index and the holdings inside the fund would be different. You really want to talk to your investment advisor and your tax accountant before you make that sort of move to make sure that a swap that you're doing tax loss harvesting on is different enough to qualify. If you own a, an index fund that tracks the Dow Jones Industrial Average, you sell it for a loss, you buy another index fund that, buy, that tracks the Dow Jones Industrial Average, but the ticker's different because it's from a different company, but it owns substantially the same stocks because it's tracking the same index, uh, you should talk to your accountant, but I think you're going to have a hard time making the argument that you met the criteria of um, not buying something that was substantially the same. So talk to your accountant to see if that's appropriate for you. Like everything we talked about today, you know, I, I don't know you, can't give you specific tax advice to your situation, but you should talk to your accountant and see if tax loss harvesting would make sense for you and your tax return. Number three, this one's kind of quick and easy, but I think year-end is a good time to go into your brokerage accounts or ask your advisor for this information and check to see that the beneficiaries of your accounts are correct. Your retirement type accounts, 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, Roth IRAs, should all have beneficiaries. So this is who would receive these accounts in the event of your death. You usually have two layers of beneficiaries primary beneficiaries, and contingent. And contingent beneficiaries are who would receive the assets if the primary beneficiary predeceases you. But go in and check and make sure that all that is correct. During the year, it's possible that someone in your family has passed away, or maybe you had children that were minors before and now they've reached the age of majority such that they're an adult, and you want to include them in your beneficiaries now, potentially. Maybe someone in your family's had a divorce. Maybe there's been children that have been born. Who knows? But the end of the year is a good time to go in and take a look at things and make sure that everything is how it should be. Some taxable accounts can also have beneficiaries. These are called transfer on death accounts. And they're a feature of a taxable account that allows it to have a beneficiary. Lastly, if you have a revocable trust account, uh, you should review your trust every few years to make sure the distribution provisions are in alignment based on your family tree. Consider who's passed away, who's been born, who's divorced, and make sure that all of that still looks good. Number four, you should talk, if you're still working, to your employer about your withholdings for next year. So in doing the tax analysis that we talked about in item one, you may discover that you've overpaid in and you're getting a really large refund, or maybe you've underpaid and you're owing a lot of tax at the end of the year and maybe even penalties. 
So the end of the year is a good time to assess whether your withholdings are appropriate with your employer. In addition, it's perhaps a good time to adjust the savings percentages on your 401ks. If you got a raise this year, it's sometimes a good idea to consider paying some of that raise to yourself in the future in the form of increasing the amount of your withholding. Lastly, you should review your allocation in your 401k. When we talk about rebalancing, we you know so often jump to our brokerage accounts, our taxable accounts, our IRAs, our Roths, but over time, our 401ks can be out of balance too. So when you're looking at your employer benefits, take a look at your 401k, make sure that it's all in alignment with how you want it to be. There should be a way for you to rebalance that and review whether or not it makes sense for you to still contribute to the type of account in your 401k that makes sense, whether it's pre-tax or Roth after-tax or some combination thereof. Lastly, as part of your kind of employee benefit review, end of the year is usually when you have time to make changes to your healthcare plan. So take a look at those, make sure those make sense. If you're retired and you're no longer working, you might be still in the social security window to make changes to Medicare Advantage policies and that sort of thing. And it's a good time to review those to make sure they're still appropriate for you and your family. Lastly, number five, it's not really a financial one, but I still think it's one that serves me well and a lot of my clients that do this. Set goals for next year. I'm a goals-based person. I like setting goals and challenging myself, but I think it's a good idea, you know, professionally, personally, um, just to look backwards and say, how did this year go? What worked? What didn't? What am I proud of? What do I regret? What could I have done better? What could I have done differently? And whether that's from an investing perspective or personally saying, you know what, I wanted to run this many miles and I did, or I didn't, or I wanted to be at the gym this many days per week. Did I do that? If, if so, could I be better? If not, why not? And what do I need to change so I can accomplish that goal next year? From a financial standpoint, I think sometimes when we're setting goals, it's hard to know obviously what the markets will do. So it's kind of impossible to build your goals around what the markets might do because they're unpredictable and no one really knows what will happen in the future. But I do think you can set goals around your behavior saying, I'm going to save X amount per month, or I'm going to try to rebalance two times a year or three or whatever is appropriate for you. If you have a tendency to trade too much, then maybe your goals are sort of the opposite, that you're holding back on trading in an effort to let things ride. But I think for whatever your situation is, it's a good idea to assess how things have gone and ask yourself what worked, what didn't, what can I do to be better going forward personally and financially. That's all for today's episode. We'll see you next week. This recording strictly is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of the Retirement Detective Podcast. The Retirement Detective Podcast is not affiliated with any guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. 
The Retirement Detective Podcast does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. The Retirement Detective Podcast shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions, or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decisions. This podcast is not a solicitation to purchase or sell securities or a solicitation for advisory services. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services, and nothing in this podcast should be relied upon as rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services. Philip Mock is not a detective or law enforcement officer, and any reference to such is for entertainment purposes only.